This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 539. Can you stop investing when you hit your retirement number? Part one, by Jason Hull with ptmoney.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dan. Happy Thursday to you. This is, of course, where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And today's post is the start of a two-parter, but before we get to that, thank you so much to Roofstock for supporting this podcast. Roofstock provides a hassle-free way to buy cash-flowing rental properties across the country. It's the easiest and safest way to buy income-producing rental homes in attractive real estate markets with tenants already in place. And Roofstock has put together a special offer for listeners of the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. Simply use the link roofstock.com OFD and sign up today to save $350 when you close on your first rental property through Roofstock. The offer is valid for a limited time only and terms and conditions apply. Again, that's roofstock.com OFD. And now let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Can you stop investing when you hit your retirement number? Part one by Jason Hull with ptmoney.com. Quote, the rearview mirror is always clearer than the windshield. Warren Buffett. Remember those ING ads where people were carrying around big orange random numbers? Those numbers represented the amount that they needed to have in assets to have a safe and secure retirement. The ads were trying to create awareness that there's a magical, mystical number that supposedly guarantees that you won't have to eat cat food or dive in dumpsters when you stop working. I was recently at a FinCon meetup with PT, and he asked me a thought-provoking question. He was looking at the sum in his retirement accounts. He took that number, assumed a certain rate of return in the market between now and when he reached age 59 and a half, and the result was his number. Does this mean I can stop contributing to retirement accounts? He asked me. Before we can start to answer that question, let's dig a little more deeply into the issue. Retirement accounts, why 59 and a half is a magic number. Many years ago, the US government decided that it would be in the best interests of folks like you and me if we started saving for our own retirement. Social security was originally meant to effectively match the average life expectancy of an American. So you'd work until age 65, retire, and on average, drop dead no need to pay benefits. It's also not meant to be your primary source of covering your living expenses. The legal term for social security is OASDI, Old Age Survivors and Disability Insurance. It's insurance. If it was meant to be income, then they would have called it such. But we Americans came to rely on social security as more than just a security blanket for when we got older. And we, on average, started outliving that pesky age 65 milestone the amount spent on social security started catching up with the amount put into the lockbox, which is a different story for a different day. Thus, the government decided to give us an incentive to sock away money for retirement. We needed incentives after all. We all have a part of our brains derived from our limbic systems that we share with monkeys, which I call monkey brain. Monkey brain wants pleasure and he wants it now. He doesn't care that at some point in the future we're going to have to deal with all the negative repercussions of our decisions. That future you is a stranger. And therefore, we don't value future use pleasure nearly as much as we value our own pleasure. This is called hyperbolic discounting, and it's because of hyperbolic discounting that we need incentives to save for our retirement. If it were up to monkey brain, we'd spend all, and then some, of our money now on toys, gadgets, and sparkly shoes, and through some act of magic involving rainbows, unicorns, and a large stack of bacon, we'd wind up in retirement with everything hunky-dory. Thus, we had to create incentives to set aside money for our retirement or we'll never do it. We'll carpe diem until there are no diems left to carpe. That's why the government created a retirement plan structure that gives us tax incentives to set money aside for later. 
I'm sure if I look in the congressional record, I'll find the term monkey brain somewhere. There are two main types of tax-advantaged retirement accounts that I'll briefly describe, employer-based and individual. Employer-based. These retirement accounts are ones where your employer either funds or matches what you put into the retirement account. The most common ones are 401ks, 403bs, 457s, and TSPs. Individual. These retirement accounts are ones where you're responsible for funding the account. This is your standard IRA. There are also, in most plans, two choices for tax treatment of the funds down the road. One, traditional. In a traditional account, you defer taxes until you withdraw the funds from the account. You usually get a tax incentive now in the form of a deduction from your current taxes. Then, later, you'll pay ordinary income taxes on what you withdraw, no matter how much it has or hasn't grown. Or two, Roth. In a Roth account, you pay taxes now and contribute to your Roth accounts with after-tax dollars. In exchange, you get to withdraw the money tax-free when you retire. There are restrictions on Roth eligibility for some accounts based on your adjusted gross income. The government gives you a carrot to create an incentive for you to contribute to these accounts, but it also has a stick to beat you with to keep you from withdrawing too early. That's the early withdrawal penalty, and it's usually 10% of what you withdraw. In general, with some employer-sponsored plans like the 401k and TSP, this is age 55, and with most IRAs, it's age 59 and a half. Withdraw before the magic age, save for some certain hardship conditions, and you get whacked with a 10% penalty along with having to pay the applicable income taxes. Wait until after the magic age and you're golden, though there are also penalties for not taking enough out of traditional retirement accounts once you reach age 70 and a half. That's why PT mentioned 59 and a half as the magic age. But should he stop contributing since he's projected to hit his number by taking the ultimate couch potato approach and doing nothing more than letting the market do its magic? To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Can You Stop Investing When You Hit Your Retirement Number? by Jason Hall with ptmoney.com. And thank you again to Roofstock for keeping this podcast going. Getting into the real estate game is difficult unless you really know what you're doing. But with the volatility of the markets, real estate investing has become very appealing and Roofstock does the number crunching for you so you can make real estate investment decisions based on the cap rate, returns, and monthly cash flows rather than being limited by where you live. Most Roofstock customers are buying properties over a thousand miles away. It's the easiest way to buy income-producing rental homes in attractive real estate markets across the country. And Roofstock has put together a special offer for listeners of the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. Use the link roofstock.com OFD and sign up today to save $350 when you close on your first rental property through Roofstock. The offer is valid for a limited time only and terms and conditions apply. Again, that's roofstock.com OFD. And that's gonna do it for today. Thank you for being a subscriber and regular listener. You have played a huge part in keeping these podcasts going. I'll be back tomorrow to finish up this post, so I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. 
You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits. Oh,